So there is just a lot of disruption in, in terms of automation outside of our industry, but we weren't seeing a lot of it within our industry, within design. The voice you just heard is Tina Lamke, Senior Director at CBRE Design. Yep, you heard that right, CBRE Design. Now, you likely already know that CBRE is the largest global commercial real estate firm, but you may not be aware that some of their new products and services are increasingly leveraging design talent. Now, Tina is a degree designer with an impressive career and experience at firms like Gensler, Perkins & Will, She's joined by Adrian Harberger, Senior Design Project Lead with CBRE, another designer with impressive a experience. So what role does design have within a commercial real estate firm? We'll discuss exactly that question. Keep listening. I'd like to be the first to welcome you to Design Nerds Anonymous, the podcast that sparks curiosity at the intersection of business and design. I'm your host, Amanda Schneider, founder and president at ThinkLab, the research division of Sandow, and sister company to design brands you know and love, like Interior Design, Metropolis, Material Bank, and more. And I'd like to be the second person to welcome you to Design Nerds Anonymous. My name is Hannah Vitti, and I've been Amanda's right hand throughout the season. I'm the audio journalist engineer producing Design Nerds Anonymous with ThinkLab. You'll hear my voice throughout the season. In this podcast, we've invited trailblazers from within the design industry and beyond to engage in conversations and explore the topics that will drive our future. At ThinkLab, our passion is sharing inspiration for your business, fuel for your design process, and connections with people and ideas for positive disruption. So thanks for listening. We're glad you're here. So let's dive in to the role of design at a commercial real estate firm. You'll hear from Tina and Adrian about a new product offering rolling out from CBRE that looks to leverage design, process innovation, and maybe even a little disruptive thinking to solve new problems for small business. Here's Tina. And Tina, this really plays into a lot of the conversations that you and I have had in the past, really looking at, you know, the traditional design process as the world speeds up is, is getting more and more condensed. And we've got to kind of rethink how we're, we're looking at things. Yeah, I think one thing that came to mind right away was the product we've been working on for the last year, which is Office Ready. So we haven't made a huge um, public announcement yet because we want to be cognizant of the time. But um, last year, around last August, um, our leader uh, of space enablement, Lenny Bedoyne, had this idea of automation um, for small offices. So um, there is just a lot of disruption in in terms of automation um, outside of our industry, but we weren't seeing a lot of it within our industry, within design. So he said, for 30,000 square foot or less tenants, is there an opportunity to provide multiple pallets that they could choose from, but almost compare it to something more like a co-working space like we work or industrious where the space is ready for you, but it's much more designed, I'll say, than turnkey or spec suite um, in that we work, they've really thought through a lot of the finishes, the furniture, it's space, especially the front end space, it's space that you want to be in. So could we create a product that is for the tenant only? So it's not shared space. A typical lease process 
but you have four accent palettes that you're really choosing from. So that kind of put us down this path of product development within CBRE and Adrian came on board. And then uh, it took us probably about six months from start to finish to develop the four palettes. And now we're working with our CBRE build team, which is the technology team that you mentioned. It's all built out in 3D now. And then we're also building an online platform um, where you can take you know, a quiz to automate your space program, to automate your design style, and then to see it all in 3D and to also give you an estimate and cost. Talk to me a little bit about the need. Like, what was the the challenges that you were seeing from your customers that said there's got to be a better way? I'm Adrienne Harbarger with CBRE Design. So I think that we're trying to target the, again, like Tina said, the smaller clients who don't necessarily have the budget for a bespoke design or the time, right? Like it, it is really time intensive and labor intensive to go through this process, as we all know. And a lot of these uh, smaller clients don't have a person that they can dedicate just to going through this design process and picking a fabric for every chair and looking at three or four different floors and, you know, and doing the, the fit test and like all these things. And they just want to know that they're going to get a space that functions for them that's designed smartly and they want to have a little bit of input on like what it looks like so what we're trying to do is target those clients and say we can do that for you and we can give you a space that's designed really well and it is specific to your needs and we're going to give you a little bit of customization enough that you have some ownership that it's yours but it's not going to be that time suck and that budget you know that's not attainable for you. And and what will be the result of this for your for your clients? Like what's the benefit of this over a traditional approach or you know how they might go about this otherwise or maybe they couldn't afford this otherwise? I don't know. Yeah, so we're estimating about a 20% savings on schedule and then a 20 to 30% savings um, on budget also because we've already designed everything. Now, I want to pause here for just a second. That's a 20% saving on time and an estimated 20 to 30% financial savings. And perhaps more importantly, it's making design accessible to a group that may not otherwise have had the budget. To achieve this, they're leveraging technology to streamline the process. So you're saving weeks, you know, of conceptual design, design development, schematic design, down to, you know, a development package, really. And then also in terms of budget, we're working with our CBRE Fusion partners to kind of get the best pricing, hopefully, in the industry. And we, we've been working with them for months now. Like this past year, you know, we brought this idea to them last November. So they've been on board from the very beginning, kind of being our partners in this product development. So we're hoping, like, there's not a lot of change orders and there's not a lot of surprises. There's a lot of consistency and we only have to create like one work plan for each client because we're just going to get more and more efficient at this. 
as a part of this podcast, you know, we've had a lot of discussions around WeWork. And if you look at the traditional design process, which is like, it can be anything and we're going to come in and we're going to assess your unique need. And then, you know, you get to the WeWork approach, which is like, we're the experts, leave it to us. Like we're going to totally systematize and template mm -hmm. that. And then I feel like there's been some responses in between. I think, you know, the HANA approach that, that, you know, we know a little bit about from, from CBRE and how you guys are taking that. Looking at that spectrum where HANA was trying to be kind of in the middle there, can you kind of compare the traditional design approach to the WeWork approach to the HANA approach and where do you fall in that spectrum? Yeah, I think the biggest difference is traditional versus something like co-working is that this is your own, you, this is your own space, your own lease. Um, so I think especially with the pandemic, there's probably a little bit of nervousness around the idea of shared space naturally. So this is, you know, a little bit different from that. I also will say we're kind of meeting our corporate clients where they are already in terms of level of fit and finish. So we're working with Hayworth and Herman Miller and All Steel on our furniture. You know, it's not just a non-adjustable desk or low grade in terms of the task chair either. It's it's your corporate finishes. So you have those 10-year warranties that we're all looking for. And they're going to have a little bit more ownership over the layout of the space. It is a kit of parts, so there are pre-designed spaces, but we're still going to go through that process with them of saying, within this kit of parts, here's how it lays out based on your program. Does that work for you? Do you need different adjacencies? You know, HANA and WeWork are not doing that. It's a suite. The suite's already designed. It works for you or it doesn't. So we are taking it one step further in, in customizing it for their needs. But we also, I mean, I think we're going to see a huge influx in flexible space use that, you know, places like HANA um, and that that's going to work really well, you know, mm -hmm. for a lot of our clients. Um, so we, we want to be able to offer a lot of different options. So I think Office Strategy is just like one more of those options. Well, and talk about that a little bit, you know, because it sounds like this is well positioned for the future of the office. You know, I, I think that what we're hearing right now is that we're not going to go back to five days a week in a set work location, at least for many companies. And flexibility, I think, is going to be, you know, this new unprecedented word that's going to take over, right? That, that everybody's going to be looking for flexibility. So it sounds like this is kind of an in-between. You may have flexibility in terms of a shared space, but maybe with this kit of parts, does this give small businesses flexibility within their own space as they grow and shrink? Or are there other, like, talk about how this applies to the future of the office. Yeah, so one thing we didn't predict is that um, we really thought this would be for small clients. And one thing we're seeing is that large clients, um, such, you know, one of the big four, um, you know, consulting firms, I'll say, um, is looking to create a bunch of satellite offices because of the pandemic. And it's something I think they were looking to do anyways long-term, um, but they said, could we create our own, you know, client-ready space? So one of the big four consulting firms is looking to create a series of satellite offices that are much smaller. So I, I don't think we're seeing, you know, this idea of automation for like headquarters, right? Like those are highly customizable and that's work we still definitely want to do. But I think it's for these smaller offices, say you do have to open up 20 in the next year because of your potential growth. 
um, this could be a great option. I think we could create an XM palette that is, is specific to your company, you know, if there were enough offices, right? Like Adrian said, it's just, it's a lot of um, time intensive work that these clients have to put in in their spare time picking finishes and like Adrian said, doing the fit test um, and that they, they could avoid. It's kind of like, let us do the work that we love to do, which is design and we'll let you run the business that, that you need to run. I love that. And are you hearing like increased demand for those regional satellite offices, like smaller offices, even for large companies? We are seeing some increased demand. It's, I think it's probably too early to tell. We've only heard about it um, from a, a handful of clients, um, but it does seem to be that the, the wind is kind of drifting that in that direction. And I'm, I'm just curious to hear any other wind that you're hearing about drifting, like as you look at themes that are going to come out specifically in the office sector, what are you hearing? I think we're kind of hearing about ideas of like meeting on demand type of spaces. So high collaboration, some focus, but really more built to purpose. You have a, you work from home and that's where you do your focus work. And I'm sure a lot of people are hearing something similar and that the office is really meant for collaboration, client meetings, visitor meetings, and then onboarding, which is something I think we're all hurting for right now. So let's go back to your specific program and really look at the technology piece. And I heard you say something about like a intake quiz. And, you know, one of our other sayings is that the, the B2B world is going to start looking a lot more like B2C. And I feel like everything from hair products, you know, is your hair dry or oily, whatever, and they customize all the products you should be using. Like, it seems like we do that in a lot of areas of life. So talk specifically, you know, about technology and how that is going to be leveraged to blend the physical and digital space. So we, we looked a lot at like what you're just saying, like as a consumer, so much of what I do feels personal to me now. I don't necessarily go out and I'm buying a bra. Well, I could take a quiz and it'll tell me exactly what kind of bra I need, right? So why not bring that to design? And we're seeing technology make interior design more accessible to the masses already with places like Modsee and Havenly for the residential side. So we wanted to leverage some of those same similar technologies for the corporate workplace. So the client would take a style quiz, 10 questions, that kind of drives them to one of those four palettes that we talked about through a series of questions. And then we were also able to leverage uh, the programming technologies that CBRE already has in a condensed way. So they would take a programming quiz as well on the back end of that style quiz. And that would give us everything that we need on our side to do the programming. So it's all automated. It's all digital right up front. And that gives us all the information in a really quick way so that we can really quickly flip it around and condense that time frame like we were talking about. See it instantly. They can see it in 3D, like as soon as they're done with the quiz. And who takes this quiz? Because I think that's been interesting too. And we know this from our days in the design world is sometimes what's best for the person making the financial decisions is not necessarily what's preferred by the people using the space. So, so when you look at automating these quizzes, is it something that's taken at the user level where they gather multiple points of feedback or something that's taken by the corporate decision maker level? I think it could be either. It's going to depend on the client. Some clients are going to be top down and one person is going to take it and they're going to make the decisions for their business. We've also seen some of these early clients allow 
you know, 10 people to take it. So it's almost like a focus group that's going to take it and they're going to go with whatever palette has the most picks. And so far it's been pretty consistent, which is good. You know, their, their culture is leading them to one or the other. So, but it's kind of depends on the client. I think. Yeah. We actually had the client uh, one time take it uh, during the pitch and it was, it was kind of like a fun call, right? Like they enjoyed it. They were going back and forth with their answers and kind of calling each other out. Um, and then at the very end of the call, I, I really loved this quote and I want to kind of frame it. So one executive said, you know, I'm just going to tell everyone right now, I was on the last planning committee for our last office renovation. And I was really dreading coming into this call. <laughs> and this has actually been kind of enjoyable. So she thanked us for that. And I said, you know, if I can um, get that quote, you know, on a recording, that would just be great. <laughs> <laughs> And talk a little bit more about visualization, Adrian. You mentioned that kind of almost as a punctuation of the last one, but that seems really big because oftentimes, even though we're designers and we can picture it in our head, it seems like that's one of the biggest barriers to getting our clients on board is visualization. So you're, you know, bringing that into the very upfront process now. It sounds like talk about what that means to you and your clients. So for the Office Ready product in particular, we have fly-throughs of generic spaces already. So a typical 10,000 square foot workspace that has a good mix of the kit of parts that we're offering. We've done a fly-through in each of the four palettes. So you get the industrial palette as your result. It says, do you want to see that? Yes, here's a fly-through of the industrial palette in a space that would be not unlike the majority of the spaces that we would design. And they get to see that right away. And then through our build team, we have those what we call style packs already ready to go. So if a client wants to take it one step further and see their own space in that style pack, when we get a little bit further down the road and we have their test fit and their you know, plan already laid out, it's really easy for us to take that style pack and apply it to their own space so they can see their own space 3D as well. And that's what all the clients want, right? We're not in a 2D world anymore. I can't remember the last project where I had to like really work to get a a client to understand a 2D plan because it's so easy for us to just flip it up in three dimensions and show it to them, even if it's a wireframe. Or we have technologies like Inkscape and Insight VR where I can literally walk them through a space, uh, you know, with a little mouse and they don't have to kind of guess at what they're going to get anymore. And for our most recent uh, largest proposal that we just put forward during the pandemic and shelter in place, we did 3D visuals in the proposal. We were asked to put together mm -hmm. concept design. Granted, it was for a large headquarters, but we did full 3D visualization before we even got the project. And that was possible because of all this pre-work and kind of systemization that's been set up? That was, uh, you know, bespoke design. But yeah, that was possible for us because we have in-house you know, visualization tools and we have a team that, that is willing to do that for us, which is great. So I heard you say there's about a 20% time savings. Is there like a, a money savings, you know, like either for your business where this is executed more profitably or for your clients where you're able to get them in at a lower cost? Like, is there some savings beyond time? 
I think we're hoping to become more efficient over time. I think everyone's always looking to be profitable um, and then more profitable. (laughs) But really, the savings for the client is mainly coming from our professional fees because they are reduced because of the timeline is reduced naturally. The, The budget's reduced because of the fusion partnerships. So we're able to get some savings there too. And and when it comes to the time saving specifically, um, where do you find it saving you the most? You know, I think it's really interesting because some of the, you know, designers that we've been talking to in is a series of these interviews have been talking about how you try and take the same design process and condense it down. And what's often cut out is the discovery process up front, right? You try and systematize, but you skip that piece. It sounds like you guys are approaching that a little differently, especially with this quiz where, you know, that's helping you do the needs analysis maybe a little more efficiently. So talk about either how that, quiz kind of applies to, to what you're doing and helps you do that more efficiently or specifically what, what it's saving you that's helping you condense that traditional design process? Well, that quiz really is our, our discovery process. So in a traditional approach, that would be our concepting phase. That would be what a, a visioning session, which could be traditionally we would be going to the client, maybe traveling. It would be a full day. There would be several activities. And for these, for headquarters, that still works. And we need to do that. And we need to dive deep with the client. We need to go through all those things. For these smaller projects, we don't necessarily need to do that. And we've got this quiz and we can do it in two minutes, right? And, and we can get them to one of those pre-designed style packs in, in a fun way that's leveraging technology. And then past that, on our end, we're saving time because it's all automated. I don't have to go well, they liked this style of chair. Let me go see. There's 10 styles of chairs. I've got, you know, an infinite number of manufacturers I can choose from. That's already done. And I know what the pack's going to be. And it's just a matter of placing it in the plan in the right, in the right place. So all that is done. Uh, all the fabrics are picked out already. The pallets are done already. And then we've leveraged Revit so that our, our set of CDs is already done. Our set of CDs in Revit is... 95% already set up. The sheets are in, the details are in, everything is there. All I have to do is go in and do the floor plan and then adjust from there. So we're, we're really condensing that time frame. And I think one of the most exciting parts of design is that design process, but that's also the most time intensive. I remember in college, you know, I was a business minor and a design major. And with my business class, I could do the accounting problem. I got to the answer and then you could close the book. And then usually my business friends are at the bar, but with design, you're like option one, option two, option three. I don't like any of those. I'm gonna go back to option one and start all over again. And I think that's what, whether we want to bill those hours or show the client those hours, it's what we're passionate about. And it's what we will spend so much time on in the beginning. So again, for these smaller clients, I think it does make some sense to get a little bit smarter and automate where we can. So I'm really curious about what you would say to people that say you're disruptors of the design industry. Good. (laughs) We should be. (laughs) You know, just because it works well doesn't mean it's the right answer. You have to constantly be pushing boundaries and trying new things and doing things differently. And that's the only way that we progress into something that's not stagnant or old, is that we're constantly questioning, why are we doing it this way when we could maybe be doing it a different way? 
Yeah, and I think a lot of times um, the design industry has a little bit of the starving artist mentality um, where we're just going to work so long um, until, you know, our eyes are crossed and we're under our desk. Um, Whereas I think there is some opportunity to be a little bit smarter where we can. I mean, I, I don't think we're, we want to kind of prophesize the idea that we we don't respect design or we want to automate it all. I just think, I think there's some small opportunity to automate as an industry. And then we can kind of save that time and energy for, for the bigger, you know, offices, for example. I love that. And I feel like there's an element of just accessibility in here too, you know, and I look at services like Havenly and Havenly is not competing with the design professionals of the world necessarily because it's making it accessible to college students and things like that. So it sounds like you guys are kind of taking that same approach here that is not trying to eat away at the base of design, but rather trying to make design accessible to a broader audience. Yeah, and there's going to be no mandatory login when you enter, you know, this office ready webpage. I think it'll be ready in like December. Anyone could take the quiz as many times as they want and anyone could see an estimate of how much an office might cost. I think it's always surprising to us um, uh, because we're in the industry when we meet with our clients, they have no idea what an office truly costs. And even if you show them the lowest number possible, it's still shocking to them. So I think this is just a little bit of an education. I mean, even for myself, um, seeing the, our cost consultancy, the, the team's work, I mean, they even priced like trash receptacles. Like I was just in shock of how detailed it was. And just to really see like how much everything costs, you know, on that, that very detailed spreadsheet they created, the client, you know, gets to see all that. And again, they could take the quiz really as many times as they want. So just like you said, accessibility I think it's going to be really big here. So I love this idea of giving them maybe the the e-tools to educate themselves. And so by the time they come to you, they're a bit more educated or at least have perspective on the decisions they're going to have to make. So what advice do you have or what are your wishes for the design industry? Obviously, you guys are designers by background, but employed by a corporate real estate firm that is really trying to think about design differently. And and you guys are lovers of design. Tina, I love that you have the design and business background, uh, kind of that combination. What are your hopes and dreams for the design industry? What do you hope that we think of differently, disruptively, and and for our future? This is hard. (laughs) Higher, oh, wow. <laughs> higher hourly billable rates would be great. I have to think about this one. I hope that this product, to your point, makes design more accessible to people who maybe didn't think that they could have something that was designed well and and opens them up to a world that they maybe wouldn't have otherwise thought was for them. And I hope that the design industry accepts it and understands that it's not the answer for everyone, but it is an answer. And it is something that is going to be a good answer for a lot of people. We hope you've enjoyed this exploration with Tina and Adrian about one evolving areas of CBRE's business. 
As always, our intention is to spark curiosity for you and your business. We do have one more little bonus for you. Since this is recorded in 2020, and we thought it was important to understand how CBRE is looking at the design of their own offices in this period of time. But first, a shameless Think Lab plug. Now, things in the world of design are evolving, and with a downturn, perhaps now than ever before. So if you're a product manufacturer trying to understand more about commercial real estate, uh, we'd love to help you explore the product selection process and how that happens within these firms today. So if you'd like to be a part of that pioneering exploration, I encourage you to reach out to Olga O'Dade at O-O-D-E-I-D-E at thinklab.design. Now, onto our bonus piece of this interview. Again, at the time of this recording, it's September 2020, which at the pace that things are moving, I feel it's important to mention. But let's see how the largest commercial real estate firm, CBRE, is navigating their own decisions around their own space and what they're hearing from their clients. I think that we're going to see more blending of this physical and digital world. You know, I know your offices here in Chicago, you guys are like the epitome of a really challenging place, right, to come back to post-pandemic, right? Because wasn't it all shared offices and desks? Yes. It's a a 100% free address. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's also 100% activity-based working, which is the largest request uh, by and far that our workplace strategy team is getting is how do we set up an ABW workspace in the future? Because we are not going to put one-to-one desking in our office when people can fully work from home. So, you know, we've been doing ABW since I think 2008 and our, our office opened in 2014. So it's nice that we actually don't have a one-to-one ratio because I think we feel more comfortable as a whole across CBRE that um, our real estate is is really not more than we, we need. So are you guys doing any changes to your office as a result of this pandemic? You believe that that's the, the way of the future will be the ABW setup? I think we, you know, we do have our six-foot desks already, actually. Uh, they're just benching. Um, I think they're going to have to comply with any of the occupancy, you know, percentages. We're just going to make sure the occupancy is is at the guidelines um, to start and then really go from there. But it's it's been really refreshing seeing how careful CBRE has been. You know, we're the largest real estate firm in the world, and it would have been a great slash we all thought and you know initially to be the first ones back but we you know you all found out that it 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 wasn't really it was really nothing to brag about to try to be the first one back we've been really proud of of how careful and thoughtful um cbre has been and the idea of bringing us back 